Good morning. I said, good morning. We're so happy to be here today. Um, I hate to ask you to get back up, but uh, let me say this. Uh, in a couple hours, the best team in the AFC. Oh, it's real quiet in here. I said the best team in the AFC will be running onto the field. And you know what, what else is going to happen? There are going to be fans in the stands screaming, hollering. Some will have shirts on, others will not. Their faces will be painted blue, but they'll be excited about the game. Now, we're in the house of the Lord, so we cannot let those Titans uh, cheerleaders uh, as fans outdo us this morning. So I'm going to ask you, if you don't mind standing up, and let's give a standing ovation to the Lord this morning. Come on, let's praise the King of Kings. Let's praise the Lord of Lords on string instruments with our voices, with our hands. Come on, let's give it unto him. Let's give it unto him this morning. Come on, come on, let's praise the name of the Lord. Let everything that has breath praise ye the Lord. Come on, come on, direct that to him. Come on, come on, direct that to him. He's worthy of that. He's worthy of that praise. He's worthy of glory. He's worthy of honor. Hallelujah. And most importantly, thank God that we are free today. Amen. 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 You may take your seats. I'm going to move quickly here. Thank you again for allowing us to be here this morning. We are excited about being here. And you're hearing John chapter 4, verses 39 through 42. It reads, many Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me all that I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they asked him to stay with them. And he stayed there two days. And many more believed because of his word. They said to the woman, it is no longer because of what you said that we believe, for we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this is indeed the Savior of the world. It appears that every time I look at the news, I'm appalled of what has been said, all the storylines that goes on on a daily basis from all over. And sometimes I just really just shake my head and I just call on the name of the Lord. As we see news rates where violent rates among youth are growing even the more, uh, political parties are at odds with one another. I think it was about a month ago where or, or a little longer, uh, where we had rumors of even a government shutdown. Back and forth. Interactions between particularly black and brown people with policing in this country. Those that have been affected by the pandemic all of us in some way have been affected by the pandemic. 
it's going on two years now, and those rates are of death rates. Some lives have been lost to that, and many lives have been lost to COVID-19, and arguments going back and forth about who's right, those that are vaccinated and those that are unvaccinated. Just sounds like a bunch of just division. Even down to this week, I was outraged by a particular verdict. And I'm not here to go into that, only to share my heart with that, that I know individuals that have received 15 to 20 year sentences for having marijuana. I was outraged. I was hurt by things that we see. And I'm sure as you see things in the news, it affects you in different ways. But all of that, I, I said, Lord, where, where are you in all of this? Where, where are you? I asked that question to the Lord. It's a lot going on. Where, where are you? What and how are you speaking through all of this? How is your glory being revealed in all of this? But I'm comforted in knowing and depending on the word of God through scripture that no matter how I feel about those issues, the word of God is the word of God. And through his word, we learn that these issues go on and they happen. But I'm comforted in knowing that the God that we serve is not a part of this world. He says in John chapter 17, they are not of this world just as I am not of this world. And what that says here today, as we dive in the word of God of this text, it says that our Lord is a part of something else. That he is a part of his own rulership and his own kingdom. That's what that means. He has his own principles, kingdom, principle, laws, rules, his own benefits, that we are part, he is a part of a kingdom that is not of this world. That the kingdom that he rules, certain people can come and be a part of that if they so choose. So, I don't know if you talk to the Lord like I talk to the Lord, but I simply ask the Lord, Lord, but 
do you do we really understand the concept of kingdom? Do we understand your vision for kingdom? And then the second question I ask is, in fact, if we do, then it is bigger than our shallow thinking. It is limited by our own perspective. We would say that those of us that are here in our church community are part of this kingdom. And we will maybe even say that those of us are friends, those that are in our communities in which we live and we go to baseball games with and we travel with, that they're maybe even a part of this kingdom that we're talking about. But I must share with you today that kingdom is way bigger than what's in this room today. The kingdom is broad. And I'm going to tell you how broad it is. John chapter 1, verses 12 and 13 says, But to all, let the church say all, who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Watch this. Who were born not of blood, not of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. When we think about kingdom, and we think about that scripture in John. The Bible tells us that those of us, all who did receive him, who believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. So that means that there is something that is bigger than what we see. That, that means, according to this word, that we who believe and have his spirit are now adopted into this kingdom. We have now been adopted into something that's way bigger. So that means that we, according to this, if we are children of God, then that means that we have a father. And that if we are part of this kingdom, we are really a part of a family. When we think about family, I want you to think about your own family just for a second. There's a father, there's a mother. We don't want to go through how that happens to get us, but we know. There's children. Some don't have siblings. Others do have siblings. 
but we become a part of a family. And that is what happens when we are adopted. We are adopted into this kingdom, which is now a family. So that means that our father is the ruler and we are his children. If I'm a child of God and your pastor, the Reverend Brant, if he's a child of God, what's your name, brother? Michael, are you a child of God? You a believer? If Michael is a child of God, nice to meet you. Then what that says is, that Michael and I are not acquaintances any longer. That now I know that he's a believer, then that means he is my brother. That's what that means. Sir, are you, are you a believer? What's your name? Andy is no longer just Andy to me. There is a term of an endearment that we have together. That means now when I look at Andy, I don't look at Andy as regular Joe Blow. Andy is my brother because we are part of a family that is a part of this kingdom. And just because Andy and I don't look alike, He's a good-looking fella, by the way. And maybe because Andy and I have two different cultural backgrounds. And maybe because Andy and I are not from the same place does not make us not brothers. We are a part of something way bigger. We are a part of a family. The family of the Lord. So that means that there are brothers and sisters that you've never met before. There are brothers and sisters that are in Africa. They're in Asia. They're all over. Because they are part of this kingdom. I have family members all over this city. I'm a native. There's a few of us still left. And those family members, they are on the west side and the south side and north side. And I'm from the east side, baby, east side. And yes, they are family by blood. But they are not a part of the family that I'm talking about because they are not believers. What I'm simply saying to you is that although I love them very much and they are my blood family, it says right here in this word, and that's what we look for to hold us together, is the word of God. That means I'm looking at family members right here in this church today. Some of you I've never, ever laid eyes on before, ever. Don't even know your first name. I learned two brothers a day that I've never seen before. but they're my family. 
Bible tells us mm -hmm, that in John chapter 4, we look at the life of this Samaritan woman who was at a well. And one day, Jesus is leaving Judea, Judea, depending on how you say it, and he gets tired, and he sits for a minute at this well. And when he's there, there's a woman that's there. And clearly, they recognize their differences. They recognize their differences because she could not believe that this Jew was talking to her. There is and was a bad history between Jews and Samaritans. They couldn't stand each other. They didn't like each other. They were not besties, and they did not take selfies. They could not stand each other for a lot of uh, political and religious reasons. So different. But I'm going to tell you about the man that we serve and how awesome he is. In that moment, he shared with this Samaritan woman what all of us that are believers have experienced, and that is his love for us, his kindness for us, his compassion for us, his mercy for us, And he looked at her, and he made a conscious decision that day. He looked at this woman and said, you think you're coming here for some water, but I got something way greater than some water. I give you myself. But what he did was he did something so special. He adopted someone that everybody else said was trash, was dirty, didn't have any meaning or any value. And he decided that day to cross over whatever line that was to come and get her and say, come to me. Oh, it's a quiet church in here today. It's a quiet church in here. He stepped over this line of division to adopt someone into his family. And you know what happened? Guess what happened? Somebody asked me, what happened? She went to her village and told everybody about this man named Jesus. And you know what they did? They came running. The gospel of Jesus 
Oh, I feel like dancing right there. Jesus was presented to people, and now their lives have been changed forever because he made a decision to not allow a line to divide us. What a mighty God we serve. There are things that divide us, and there are devices that divide us. But Jesus clearly wanted to show everybody that I'm bigger than this, and I don't listen to what the the status quo. Because there is a kingdom that is way greater than boxing people in to be. And when we have this understanding of family, then there's a responsibility that comes with that. With our family, we love our family. We protect our family. We keep our family accountable. We talk to our family. We encourage our family. We support our family. The Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 26, it says, if one member suffers, all suffer together. But if one member is honored, all rejoice together. We have family members that we have yet to encounter that are suffering all over this world. And if we are family, then we have a duty to protect, to love, to serve, to support, to help, to encourage. And that's what I'm doing today. That's what Jonathan is doing today. We are family. And so we're going to have family conversations about family members that you don't know about. And there's some family members in South Nashville that Jonathan is going to come and share about what is going on, our vision, and how you can be a part of our overall family. God bless you. And y'all been getting some teaching this morning. You know, when, when Napier comes to town, we do things a little bit differently. I want you to turn to your neighbor. I want you to say, neighbor, neighbor. 
uh, I said when Napier comes to town, we do things a little differently. I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, neighbor. I got a kingdom. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, I'm in a family. What DeCarlos taught you just then, I don't know if you heard it, but what DeCarlos just taught this church is that God is on a kingdom-building, family-forming mission. That that's what he's doing. That God is on a kingdom-building, family-forming mission. And in Napier, what Midtown Fellowship is doing, what DeCarlos and I are doing, although I just, I just hit him from you guys, is we are going into one particular neighborhood of God's kingdom to find God's family. The Napier community, just like East Nashville, just like Inglewood, just like Riverside Drive, is a particular neighborhood in God's kingdom because God's kingdom spreads across the whole earth. And he has his family in every corner of Nashville. And so we, the Napier congregation, the Napier kitchen table that I'm going to tell you a little bit about right now, are going into the Napier community to find the family that God is forming. So there are three things that we want to do. Sorry, bro. There are three things. We want to give you our vision for the Napier community and our ministry. There's three things that we have in our vision. Let me just tell you something about vision. When you follow the Lord, vision isn't wishful thinking. Vision is what you expect God to do, and you're waiting to see it happen. So when I say I have a vision, what I mean is that there are things that I see that DeCarlos and I see happening, and we're just waiting to see how the Lord does it. So these things are things that we see happening. Number one, in Napier, we see a thriving church family. That's what we see the Lord doing. He is building a thriving church family in the Napier community of South Nashville, and we want to go find who that family is. We want to gather and grow the right kind of church for that neighborhood. The Napier community, let me tell you just a little bit about it. The Napier community has lots of churches in it. If I were to come and I wanted to say, we want to build a thriving church family, some people are going to say, Pastor, you know there's six churches in this neighborhood. But because we know our community and we know our family, we know that 80 to 90% of the population of those churches, people do not live in the local community. And we know that about 80% of people in the community do not attend church. And so we're in a community of six churches and a ton of church hurt. A ton of spiritual abuse that people have experienced. And so they say no to church. There's trauma, there's church hurt, there's, there's a sense of spiritual hopelessness in this very young community. And when you believe that people are part of your family, you do something. You want to know them, right? You want to get to know them. You want to know what they care about. You want to know their core concerns. And so we know the core concerns of our neighborhood. And so we're building a new kind of church family for this community. We want to be non-traditional, if that's what's required, we want to be innovative. We want to set a table to build a new family of Jesus, and that is built on authentic relationships. And so this is what I want you to think about when you think about this church family. It's people gathered around a table. It's why we are calling ourselves the Napier Kitchen Table and the Napier Kitchen Table Fellowship. 
Because what do you do with family around the table? You gather around the table and all of you point yourselves inward. You point yourselves to each other to love one another, to care for one another, to protect one another, just like DeCarlos was sharing. And so what this, this church family is built on is authentic relationships. Because we believe that when authentic relationships come together in the family, love transforms around the table. That the love of Jesus actually is present here at the table with the family. And it transforms us. So, number one, we see a thriving church family. Number two, that thriving church family doesn't exist in a vacuum. It doesn't exist just for itself or for its own table. It exists within a community. So we also see a thriving neighborhood community. That the church family is about the flourishing of its local community. The family is about the transformation of the community. There are about 3,000 men and women and children that live in the Napier community. In the public housing of J.C. Napier and Tony Sudicum Apartments, there's about 3,000 men, women, and children. There's about 1,978, last time I checked the statistics, children under the age of 18 in that community. We're talking about 1,000 children in this community that probably, if the statistics show, don't know what it means to be part of a church family. They're part of this neighborhood community, and we want to give them a safe place to thrive and grow in their neighborhood. Because what you do in the family is you take the core concerns of the family, the core concerns of your neighbors, and you make them your, your mission. You make them your own. So peace, justice, access to things like, like health, like food. There is no grocery store in this community. People buy all their food from Dollar General or from the local gas stations. So our church family being about the business of a thriving neighborhood community means we want to bring a grocery store into our community. It's why we have our produce partnership that a lot of you have been involved in that supplies food to the community. People outside the neighborhood purchase food so that food can be sold affordably in the community and the kind of food that people can't get. This is the work of the church. This is the work of the family that exists inside its community. What we really want to do, what we believe the Spirit of God does as people love one another around the table, is it opens people's eyes to things that they never could have imagined before. Part of why there's so much lack of church involvement in the neighborhood is because people can't imagine something they've never experienced before. And if you can't imagine something you've never experienced, how in the world are you going to even go looking for it? And so we have a term that we love to use. It's that we want the Lord, through our work, to give people sanctified imaginations for what their life could be. To, to actually sanctify, which means to transform people's imagination so they see the vision that we see. They are able to see what the Lord is doing, and they want to come and be a part of it. So what I'm telling you is that we want to take strangers and turn them into neighbors, and we want to take neighbors and turn them into family. And so that this church, this, this church that is a, a kitchen table, isn't just oriented around the table facing inward, but now it goes outward. Y'all see? It now moves outward into its community to seek the good, the well-being, and the transformation of its community, to make strangers into neighbors and neighbors into family. But there's one last thing we want to see. 
There's a, there's a third thing we believe the Lord is doing, and this is really important for y'all. We believe, right? We see the Lord actually using Napier as a force of discipleship for Midtown. That this is not just a mission of people at Midtown into the Napier community. That we believe the Napier community and the Napier church can be a discipleship force for Midtown. We have a woman on our team who loves to tell her story about the Lord bringing her out of darkness, out of despair, and into life. And one thing she loves to say is that there are areas of lack in all of us which means there are areas of poverty in all of us. And so even though the Napier community is a historic neighborhood of poverty, it's in the 99.99 percentile in the country for poverty, that there's also poverty present all around our city, including in all the communities where Midtown is present. That we all have areas of poverty and lack in our lives, and so we believe that when the Midtown community moves toward the Napier community, as the Lord begins to bring this family together, that Napier will be a force of transformation back to Midtown. Another way to say that is as we move toward the marginalized, as we move toward the margins in our city, as we move toward the marginalized, we find Jesus there. Because that's exactly where Jesus goes. When Jesus left heaven, where did he go? He came from the place of having everything, of having no lack. He came from his throne in heaven, and he moved toward the margins to find who? All of us. Another way to say that is when Jesus came to build his family, where did he go? He went to the margins to find you and to me, and to find me, to find the woman at the well, and to make her a daughter of God. So every single one of you, if you're in the family of God, Jesus has left his throne to find you at the margins. And guess where he calls you now? He calls you to the margins. He calls you to the margins of your own life, the margins of your own heart, the places that you and I don't want to go. And he also calls us to the margins of our city. So as we move toward the marginalized, we find Jesus there and we find ourselves there. And we identify with people there. Why? Because we're family. When we come across people that are in the family of God, even if they don't seem like they're part of our family, we discover something, that we are equal with all people in our beauty and our dignity and our value, and we're also equal with all people in our brokenness and our need. In 2 Corinthians 5, it says, He... Just listen to this. He who knew no sin became sin for us. Why? So that we might become the righteousness of God. That Jesus came to find you, to show you his righteousness, and to even make you his righteousness. And so what we are inviting all of our Midtown community to come be a part of is that work. It's happening right here in East Nashville. It happens every Sunday when your pastor Brant gets up and preaches to you. He preaches to you the glory of God. He preaches to you your sonship and your daughtership in Jesus. He preaches to you to make you become more and more the righteousness of God. That is the work God's doing. All we're saying is we want to do the same thing, and the Lord has blessed us with the ability to do it as a more diverse family 
across all our different Midtown congregations, including Napier. So let me ask you to do something. Charles, come back into the, into the scene, brother. Y'all stand up. If you're willing, you don't have to. Uh, if you're not comfortable, that's fine. But if you're willing, um, grab hands with your family members next to you. Can we get the, uh, the map up on the screen? So as you hold hands with your family members, your Midtown family members, I want you to take a look at your Napier family. That's the Napier community just south of downtown where this uh, dear brother and I are laboring every day. You're holding hands as a family, and we want to ask you to come hold hands with us in the Napier community, with your Napier family. There's three things we want to ask you to do specifically. Um, number one, um, if you're interested in learning more about our work, if this in any way is intriguing and you want to know, okay, practically, what does this mean? What, you, what is it you're actually doing? Or, you know, some of this I, I got questions about and I'm kind of uncomfortable with. Can we, can we talk more deeply? We got a venue for you to do that. Um, it's called Napier 201. Um, we would love for you to sign up for that. So it's coming up February 15th and 16th. Um, after the service, I'm going to ask that they leave this slide up. You guys can come uh, snap a, a photo of that QR code, and that will take you right to the registration page, and you can sign up for that. It's two nights, right? Um, if, if you join this uh, or if you come participate in this, it's two nights in a row because there's a lot of good material we want to cover. I um, want to ask you to consider doing that. It will definitely be the, the right next step. Um, for getting involved in our ministry. All right. Number two, we got uh, something really fun and practical that Lindsay will tell you a little bit more about, but our stocking drive. As you leave, you'll see a bunch of stockings that we're putting together. Uh, we have 900 stockings that we are going to, Lord willing, give out across the Midtown community to fill and deliver in Napier. Um, and then lastly, a lot of people have asked, uh, like, can I give to the work that you guys are doing? Um, the answer is, yeah, you can. Um, the, you know, financially speaking, the work of our congregation uh, happens with the generosity of our whole Midtown community. Uh, financially speaking, Midtown supports our work. So if you want to give, we ask you to do that above and beyond your regular giving to this congregation, and you can do that online, just the way that you do that with your other, uh, your other givings, okay? I'm going to pray for us now. Continue to hold hands. Uh, as, you, as you grip, y'all close your eyes. As you grip hands with uh, the person next to you, um, be reminded that you're holding hands with a brother and a sister in Christ. And that transcends marriage. That transcends friends. That transcends um, uh, parent and child. Um, and so let me pray for us. Lord, um, thank you that you left heaven uh, to come to the well to find uh, your broken daughters, which is us. Um, thank you that you left heaven to come and find me and to draw me into your family. Lord, thank you that you're doing that in Midtown and in East Nashville, in this community. Um, Lord, I hear such beautiful ways that this community loves and serves one another. And when I see that and I hear that, that smells like family. And Lord, I pray that it would continue. I pray blessing on the staff here at Midtown East, I pray, pray blessing on the elders and the, the, the people that volunteer every Sunday and the people that, that show up and attend. Lord, would you grow this community more and more into the family of God? Deepen their ties with one another. And Lord, I pray that that wouldn't just be something that they, that they do internally, but it would be something that bursts out externally. That just like uh, this Thanksgiving feast that we're all going to participate in, when you open those doors, the smell just flows down the street. I pray that the smell of Midtown Fellowship East Nashville would be like the Thanksgiving dinner that everybody wants to come to. 
would it be so, uh, so tasty and desirable that people from all over this side of town would be flocking to it and help give us ways to partner more deeply um, across our city, um, even in the, the direction not so far across the river to Napier. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you loved us, that you sent your son to do for us what we could not do for ourselves. And it's in his name that we pray. Amen.